We are a community that loves like Jesus. And my hope and my prayer is that this would be a transformative experience for you. Not just today, but every time you tune in. Today, we are doing our online broadcast and taking a Sabbath Sunday from our live services. And today's sermon, we're taking a break from our Beatitudes, and we're going to talk about the image of God out of Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis 1 and 2 are vital to our everyday lives, and there's verses in there that we are to be the kind of people God wants us to be, which is crucial and very applicable to our daily activity. We're to express who God has made us to be. And so in Genesis 1.27, it says this, God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them, male and female, God created them. God created us in God's image. When I, when I understand what it means for me to be created in God's image, I now have a new idea of my value. When I understand what it means for me to be created in God's image, I have a new idea of what kind of contribution I can make in this world. Well, God at the beginning, it said, God said, and he said, it is good at every level of creation. When he created human beings, he said, it is supremely good. So when you look at Genesis 1 and 2, it's not prideful to say that human beings are at the center of creation. It's actually biblical. All through the Bible, we're at the center of God's concern, the center of God's plan. So if you look really close at the Bible, you'll find that nothing else in creation so much reflects God's glory as you and I. And nothing affects God's creation more than you and I. We actually build it up and we can destroy it. And what we do affects all of creation. And what we do reflects God's glory in and to all creation. That's how important we are in creation. So beginning in Genesis 1.26, there's some simple verses how you and I can reflect God's glory and affect this world. We make a difference in this world. And when God said, let us make humans, those first couple of words kind of get me. Let us make human beings. So many of us might have questions about that. Let us make humans in our image. Well, in the first chapter of the Bible, we get a glimpse into the mystery and the greatness of God. We get the glimpse into the Trinity, the Creator, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They were all involved in this primary event of creating the world. And now it's easy to say that we were created in and in creation, but it's a little more difficult to say why we were created. Well, this is our purpose. And our purpose, again, is we were created to reflect God's image, very simply. That's what you and I were made for, to reflect God. And the first thing said about us in all of the Bible is let us make human beings in our image, and some translations say in our likeness. And it might be the most amazing thing ever said about human beings, that we are created in likeness. And we know this from other New Testament scriptures, that we are to be in the likeness of God. We're to be Christ-like. So likeness and image bearing in the Hebrew are actually the same thing, image and likeness. Image has the idea of a shadow cast or something that casts a shadow. Likeness has the idea of something that you see or a reflection that you see. 
So if you think about it, what God's saying here is the image is the impression that's made. The likeness is the impression that is seen. One is created and one is placed, yet the same thing. He wants us to put his image into our lives. We are the image bearers of God, and that is a huge gift, yet it's also a huge responsibility. He also wants to show God's image to the world. He wants his image to be seen by the world. And so the image and the likeness, this is actually foundational of who we are, but also what we do. And we can understand, if we understand image and likeness, we understand our value, we understand our dignity, but we also understand our worth. So we as Christians, created in the likeness and the image of God, we are to reflect that image and likeness into the people around us. Let's say we are a parent. We are to reflect the image and likeness of God into our children. We're to reflect the image and likeness of God, let's say if you're married, into our spouses. We are to reflect the image and likeness of God into our friends. Yet instead of focusing on someone's downfalls and their sin and judging their lives, we're to reflect God's love. We're to be generous. We're to be have, we are to have forgiveness. We're to do justly and to love mercy. We're to be merciful into other people's lives. And we're to serve one another. That's the image and the likeness of God. That's the shadow cast. That's the reflection that we are to give the world. Well, in John 13, 34 through 35, it says this, I give you a new command. So this is like the new covenant. This is the new deal. Love each other just as I have loved you so that you must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. So God's image, God's reflection, God's likeness is definitely equated to love. How we love reflects and is the image of God. So God's image is reflected, I think, in a couple of ways, in a tangible, practical, applicable set of ideas. Number one is our personality. Now, some of us have quirky personalities, but yet our personality is our mind and our will and our emotions, kind of all put together. It is, they all make up our personality. Well, God thinks, God decides, and God feels according to Scripture. So it's our journey with God to align our feelings, align our mind, and align our decisions to God's feelings, mind, and decisions. So our mind is to reflect the mind of God. And when it doesn't, we do the hard work. Sometimes it takes counseling. Sometimes it takes therapy. Sometimes it takes a long journey of growth, and it takes a lot of hard work. Yet, to be Christ-like and to reflect God's image and to be an image bearer, it takes hard work. And it's, it's time to, to strive to be more like God and align our minds to God. Well, a hard one for me many times is my emotions or my feelings. My feelings are to align with God's feelings. And I need to do the hard work again to align them. Align them. Sometimes I need the counseling. Sometimes I need the therapy in order to align my emotions to God, to read and to grow in my knowledge of feelings, to practice emotional intelligence, 
to practice mindfulness to help me align. Is it hard work? I would say so. Self-discipline and working through some of the core issues of our lives. Yeah, life is not easy, yet life can be fruitful when we do so. So I think if I could align my feelings and my thoughts, then the decisions that come out of me definitely would align as well. And that's what God wants for us, that our decisions would be aligned to the decisions that God would want us to have. So God's image is reflected in our personalities, but also something that's not talked about a lot of times, but yet since I truly align myself to health, and I think that healthy living is important, God's image is reflected in our bodies. Now, our bodies and our morality are kind of seen synonymously, yet our morality a lot of times as Christians is solely based on sexuality, and this is very unfortunate because honestly, our morality runs a lot deeper in the conscience than just a physical act. And I think our sexuality can degrade us internally many times, yet it's not the basis of morality. It's not the only thing. So our morality is the ability to discern between the notion of right and wrong. Yet our morality has to do with our bodies and what we do with our bodies that is right or wrong. So I think that focusing on our health and taking care of what the Bible said, take care of the temple of the spirit, that we would, that we would treat our bodies like the image of God. Well, when I train, let's say I'm training for a race or a run or a swimming competition or a cycling competition, I train for Ironman competitions. When I engage in training, when I engage in physical exercise, there's something about the mind-spirit connection that I would say is, is really important to learn. When I treat my body well, I definitely feel better I definitely feel spiritually better, and I, I, I definitely feel like I can get up in the morning and I have more energy and I can engage in different activities like spiritual activities. So when I take care of my body holistically, I also have a holistic morality that leads to spiritual growth. Yet there is a problem between right and wrong. And this is where choice comes into play. I think there's a great misunderstanding in humanity when it comes to right and wrong. What seems to be right is wrong, and what seems to be wrong is right. And for years and literally centuries, I think the church has really struggled with what is truly right and what is truly wrong. We judge what is what we think is wrong, and it actually is inconsequential. There is nothing wrong or right about certain things. Yet the misunderstanding, I believe, is birthed from our inability to maybe take responsibility to care, to take responsibility for what has maybe gone wrong or what has maybe somebody was misguided in their steps and we... We don't have the energy, will, or want to walk alongside in discipleship of another person's life. I can remember certain things that happened to me in certain groups that I worked with in the church long ago where somebody would do something or they would say something that was, was clearly not what the church aligned with. And then we would kick them out. We would drive them out. We would consider them 
outside of the group. Well, that doesn't show love. And so when somebody makes a mistake, that's, that's when we embrace them. That's when we show greater love. That's when we bring healing to somebody's life. And that's what we need to focus on. When we reject somebody, when we cast somebody aside, that's actually immoral. That's actually, I would declare that wrong. And so when you declare somebody wrong, I guess now you would say, I have the responsibility to love you, whatever, whomever, what, whatever you've done, I'm going to walk alongside of you. I'm going to love you deeply. I'm going to care about you, not condescend them and, and judge them away from the community. Well, in the history of the church, again, literally the church has judged people away and have walked away from people. And we carry heavy opinions and alienate people with differences that don't totally agree with us. I think, honestly, that's more immoral than the act or what we disagree with or what we think we disagree with declaring something wrong. So the fact that I'm created in God's image means that I have the responsibility of love. I have the responsibility of reconciliation. I have the responsibility of restoration. And the Bible teaches us that we are ministers of reconciliation. That means that I'm going to love the wrong into the righteousness of God. I'm going to just, just shadow God's love, cast the shadow of God's love, cast the reflection of God's love into another person's life. And so our morality definitely has to do with our bodies, but also what we do with another person in community. And I think the image of God is reflected when a person is totally and lavishly loved like God has had mercy and grace and love on us. So God's image is reflected in our personality, our bodies, our morality, but also now our spirituality. And when I talk about spirituality, it's like, what is spirituality? And we use terms in a lot of this term in a lot of different ways uh, these days. But we, we talk about the human spirit or the fighting spirit. Well, what is spirituality? Well, it's not our drive. It's not what, uh, that's not what it means in the Bible. It's not our passion for something. Our spirituality, the bi biggest, the best biblical definition means that you and I have the capacity like nothing else in creation to have a relationship with God. I can have a relationship with the Creator. So my hope is that through online teaching and through community groups and through just personal study and personal Bible study and prayer and meditation, that these things over a period of time, that you would experience spiritual growth coming through practices, coming through practices of these things, devoting ourselves. Like the Bible says, devote yourself to Scripture, helping yourself spiritually grow in our lives. So our personality, our bodies, our spirituality, this is how we reflect the image of God. So in Psalm 8, starting in verse 3, when I look up at your skies, at, your, at what your fingers have made, the moon and the stars that you set firmly in place, what are humans that you think about them? What are human beings that you pay attention to them? You've made them only slightly less than divine, crowning them with glory and grandeur. You've let them rule over your handiwork, putting everything under their feet. 
That is what God thinks of us. We are created, we were created to reflect God's image in everything, in what we say, what we don't say, what we do and what we don't do, where we put our bodies and not put our bodies, how we grow spiritually in our lives. This is the reflection and the image bearing of God. And I pray that you go into the world with this kind of goodness. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for just the beginning of Genesis where it says that we are the likeness of you. Lord, as we go out into this world and we have opinions and thoughts and engage in behavior and and not engage, Lord, I pray that all that we do and all that we think about, all that we say and not say, Lord, that that would reflect who you are, who you want us to be, the image of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.